2: Welcome back, everybody, to Open the Voice Gate, episode 29. Uh, This is Mike. I'm being joined alongside Milo. John is about to go across the world and has been banking a lot of Amakase shows, so they're busy. They'll be back probably after they get back from Spain. But anyways, Milo, how's it going?
1: It's going pretty great. Pretty great. Um, Settled. I moved from Tokyo to Kyoto. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for work and um, I'm really liking the city it's really nice and also it's close to Osaka which I love so
2: yeah cause you're like in the heart of Kansai now right yep so um, yeah, I... so if I'm right you're going to one of the uh, uh, Champion Gate shows right
1: I'm going to both
2: oh you're going to both oh right on yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh... I thought you know with a double show like this
2: mm-hmm. it's go to but don't do it all right yeah totally and especially
1: I want to I see everyone I want to see all the title matches especially since they spread them out over the two days
2: yeah So. though uh, I've always been interested in, in Kyoto as a city just because like when I was a kid and you used to do like your like small like geography classes and it's like okay I took Japan I was like okay there's Tokyo but this is Kyoto Kyoto is the former capital and it's really cool mm. So have you have you done a lot of exploring around there since you've been there?
1: A little bit. Uh, well, I did go to the Imperial Palace, of course. Yeah. Um, I really like walking in, like, the old town in Kawaramachi and Gion. Mm. Where it has, like, lots of old tea houses and just old, like, buildings and micro as well. Um, and so that's really cool. Um, next to the this is kind of my dweeb moment but next to the the imperial palace like down the street there's the kyoto international manga museum
2: really it's really really cool yeah like that's really cool that's the thing about like about japan i found i've always found kind of interesting it's just because how it's developed it's like oh here is the former imperial palace and right next to it is this manga museum that might have been there for like what, 20, 30 years <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah. It's that's just Japan. You know, that's what also what I've always loved about it is like the mix of all the new and tradition and m- modernity. Yeah. They're one of the countries that really incorporated in pretty much every aspect of life.
2: And that's so different from where I'm at in South Carolina, where, like, our version of that is, oh, that's Bob Jones University, and right next (laughs) to that is a strip mall. Great. (laughs) Like, it's... I I don't know if there's very many things in my area that come even close to how old the old Imperial Palace must be.
1: Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But there's a lot of old stuff in Mm -hmm. Kyoto in general. Since it is, you know, the historical capital of the country, there's not only the imperial palace, but there's lots of, like, the former shogun's house is there, and there's, like, a million temples and shrines and from all periods, pretty much, so...
2: That's insane. Mm. It's
1: it's a really beautiful city. It's so quiet compared to, to Tokyo.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, really, but I honestly kind of prefer it because i'm a country like i'm a country boy i you know i lived in paris for four years but i still you know grew up in in the countryside so sometimes i just need you know the calm and the city that doesn't necessarily go like 100 miles a minute
2: yeah that's always one of the things that kind of has intimidated me about the prospects of going to japan is like like you, other than when I lived in Miami for five years, I've either lived in the suburbs or in kind of smaller towns. So just like the idea of being in a town that's 24-7, go, 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 is just too stimulating for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have to be able to see the stars. I want to be able to sleep quietly. And, you know, just like the, the mass of people after a while just kind of gets to you. I couldn't be like John yeah. and live in New York most of their life, you know? mm I could not. But anyways, to, to our task at hand today, it's been six weeks since we recorded. I had to check earlier to see what episode it was. And our last episode was the awards one back in the beginning of January. And a lot of stuff has happened in Dragon Gate, hasn't it?
1: It kind of, yeah, it's finally picking
2: up. And it's been real interesting, and we're going to get into the shows, but, like, from, like, a kind of a... I don't want to say global, because that makes no sense, but, like, in an overall feeling. Like, what's your feeling about Dragon Gate so far this year?
1: So far? um, I'm liking it a lot more than last year. I feel like they're finally doing stuff that we've been begging them to do for a while now.
2: Especially, it seems, with the Jimmys... Like given what happened at Corken, and, and I, I saw and I saw a photo of this, and I had to look up and see what exactly was going on. Where it looks like Kagatora now is seeming like he's lobbying to join Tribe Vanguard a little bit. Did you check that oh, out,
1: Kagatora? Please,
2: <sighs> Tribe. Just as just as soon as uh, as we thought you were in a good place, things have to, have had to change, but. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's an interesting year so far, especially comparing it to 2017 where everyone was getting injured and it's just been like, we're going to push pause until we know what's up with Yoshino. It seems Mm. like they're trying a lot of different things. And it it seems like that's going to be continuing up to Champion Gate weekend and the cork. And that's only two days afterwards. That's kind of crazy. Like, I know they Mm. usually have those... Pretty compact, but not within not having three kind of bigger yeah, it's shows. The, yeah, each other.
1: yeah,
2: three shows in four days. They only have a day off between a, night two of Champion Gate and the Corkin uh, show. That's nuts. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. five.
1: The the five.
2: The fifth. <laughs> the yeah. Five.
1: The five. The fifth. Sorry. Oh yeah, and is on the sixth. Yeah.
2: yeah I hope. You hope I can watch it. Yeah, it's been kind of weird this year with watching uh, Dragon Gate, especially, like, as, like, an international fan, I usually... I, I'm i one of the few people who has not had the issues with Nico Nico, but they've kind of scaled back their Nico Nico live it's viewings.
1: O- Is it only a single cam for a while now, no?
2: Yeah, and it started in January, and... Originally the idea or that the party line was hey they're doing they weren't able to schedule it in time they didn't have the broadcaster but then they did it again in February so it's a single cam with no commentary which is
1: kind I feel of, like that's the way Dragon Gate is meant to be watched.
2: I know? I liked it and I feel like I'm I feel like I'm the contrarian because how much like, people mm. have complained about, like, New Japan single cam shows during the G1 and other tournaments. But I liked it because... Wait, I... oh, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. you were cutting out there for a second.
1: No, 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 I said go ahead.
2: But uh, I like it because, for one, you get to hear the audience. And mm. especially, like, like, during the Dreamgate match on the 7th, like, being able to hear the audience and... Yeah. And the KZ calls without the commentary, and I'm someone that I kind of zone out of commentary, anyways. <laughs> like, and it, and it's not like a language thing. It's like even in the U.S., I, unless you're horrible commentary, I don't notice. Like, it just okay. goes in one ear and out the other. But like, you're able to like hear all the crowd calls and the camera. It's not a fixed like okay, where we set we set the camera, hit record, and walk away. They have a cameraman on it that's like panning back and forth and we'll zoom in a little bit. So it's not like you can't see. It's not like if it's like during like the the uh, the DreamGate match is not like that you just saw like just a picture frame view of it. Like it like it moved with them, which was mm-hmm. nice. It was annoying though for the uh, three-way match because they did crowd brawling and you couldn't see yeah. them. Yeah,
1: when there's that's what I mean, Yeah, right cuz DreamGate loves that and loves lots of movements. So I feel like some matches for them definitely suffer from only having single cam.
2: Yeah, yeah. But really, that was my only complaint about it. Like, it was it was a really cool experience. And I'm definitely going to be someone that if they keep on doing this for live corkins and maybe even for Champion Gate, I'm going to still order them that way. And it's also cheaper. They took off uh, 500 yen now mm-hmm. for each show. It used to be $15 for, or 1,500 yen. It's basically yeah. the... The Exchange rate's basically 101, but it's but now it's down to a thousand yen, which is nice. So, That's
1: fine. yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, I just meant I hope that I can watch it like with my work schedule.
2: Oh, most of it, oh, totally, yeah. That's completely I'm, understandable.
1: <laughs> I mean, when the main event rolls along, I'm probably just gonna lock myself in my room with my computer, but sure, yeah, for the, re- the rest of the
2: show, I'm not sure, and it's. I guess it's kind of a good time to kind of get into the last two Corkins of it. It's been... Yep. Let's do it. They've been real interesting shows. Like, let's start with the uh, 116 one. This was Open the New Year's Gate 2018. And before, you're like, going match by match, what was your overall impression of the show? I think this was your last, like, show you saw while you were in Tokyo.
1: Yep. This, this is actually the last wrestling show I saw over, overall. Oh, Wow. Um, I'm thinking about it yeah I haven't been to wrestling yet here so that's yeah I miss it I'm gonna go back I have literally KBS Hall is 30 minutes away from my place
2: oh I'm so jealous I love like when they used to tape KBS Hall it was my favorite venue
1: it's so like it's so beautiful I can't wait to go there Mm -hmm. So but no I really really loved it. Honestly, there was gr- the there was a great energy overall in the building. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know spurred on by all the new things that were happening, you know, the new the new foreigners were there, uh Casey made his challenge and everything like that. So honestly, I had a really great time. I had a really 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 great time. It was very like hmm... I, You know, ever since I've I've Gone here, I've been to a lot of Wrestling shows alone Mm -hmm. Because I don't particularly mind it Um, And Especially Dragon Gate, I don't mind Because I'm just so focused on whatever's Going on in the ring and, you know, the crowd And everything that If I went to someone If I went with someone or didn't I wouldn't even notice the difference Right So, yeah, I really, I had a lot of fun
2: and like this was a fun card, like just like up topped it to down. Like it's been a couple, it's been a couple weeks. I'll admit since I watched the show, but like just topped it to down. Like it, looking back over my notes, like it was other than like one match that I kind of disliked because of who was involved with it. To be fair, it just was a, it, it was like two and a half hours. You, you got some great comedy. You, you got to see some new faces. Like that was the first time I saw a Bandito. Then ever since then, I've been kind of obsessed with him and then <laughs> and then the top 2 matches did a great job of setting up like the next few weeks and and what it feels like early 2018 is for Dragon Gate. So the, the it, this was a show that I in my in my little Dragon Gate notebook that I keep that I wrote to, I usually write down like a one sentence thing to remind me about what what was like what would I recommend from the show and I was like okay the, the top 4 matches were all a whole mm-hmm. lot of fun. The rest of the undercard it was there, but I liked it a whole lot. So uh yeah, I I don't know if it's a show that I'm gonna remember a whole lot of other than KZ's challenge and the uh, Foreigners debut, but it was it was great. I liked it. So at the starting at match zero, it was Kaido Ishida versus Yuki Yoshioka, and Kaido got the one at five minutes and thirty-one seconds with a one dot sec, and I liked it. It was probably my favorite match zero in a while. <laughs> Yuji's gear is still so freaking tragic though. It is. And he got a haircut too.
1: That's pretty good. I like his hair. I like his haircut. I but I cannot with his gear like it- I am so tired of it. I'm over it right now. Like it doesn't even have the kitschy appeal that Shun's gear is starting to have. It's just right. ugly. It-
2: it- and it's one of the <laughs> things that like Shun like Shun's gear fits his character. Kyo's gear fits his character. Binge's gear, of course, fits his. But like, I don't know what they're getting for with Yoshioka's pants. Nothing. Yeah, like I, I mean, that's what I come to is like he's wearing bell bottoms, but he's not like '70s themed, or he's not like a groovy guy. He's a mm-hmm. he's a guy who has some good offense now, but it, it doesn't it doesn't fit him, you know. Mm-mm. But
1: no, it's I, I don't know. It's just ugly
2: yeah and then other than that like the match was fun it was my favorite match zero in a while it i mean i feel bad for ishida because he's kind of being left behind a little bit as everyone else is kind of doing a lot more things and he's stuck in over generation which is just it's in a worse position than try vanguard was before ut to be honest (laughs) so yeah did you have any thoughts about the match itself
1: not really. I never really have any thoughts about these like it's an opener right they 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 never really build up to anything, you know mm-hmm. like it's just like, hey, look at these young guys that we don't know what to do with,
2: yeah, and it feels like the last time that they had like a big storyline going on through match zeroes was u t versus the overgeneration guys before u t got hurt last time. so mm. I yeah. But I mean, it was it was inoffensive. I think is the best way to put it. So peace, yeah, yeah. Okay, so match one where we where things did pick up a bunch was a uh, eight was an eight eight man tag with uh, on one side Ginky Horiguchi, Jason Lee, Benkei, and Katoka, and they face Kagatora, Kanes, Monday Ryu, and Shun Skywalker, and Benkei got the submission win over Kagatora with a uh, Sodiga. I practiced this before we started the Garami. his new submission move, and I thought this was really. It was only six minutes and thirty seconds, so it was really kind of quick. But boy, is Binke's new submission finisher cool!
1: It is. I real and I really love that they're letting him get over, um, with someone something like this when he's you know clearly a power guy.
2: Yeah. And, and the best way to describe this move. Because he did not do it on the other Corkin is it's a it's a ver variation kind of I would say of like a camel clutch but instead he has like a full Nelson he's off to the side and he's twisting their their head and neck and back upwards so it looks he's re-
1: definitely like I am going to kill you this is Ben K's thing you know that's his character just he, and,
2: and as we'll get into later like that they've really hammered that point home but uh, he. It, it's such a cool move it's probably one of my favorite new moves of the year to be honest just because of like how brutal it looks like it looks like he's gonna break the dude in half pretty
1: much and but and that's how it should look
2: yeah yeah like if you're gonna give a power fighter a submission don't give them like a sleeper hole give them something that looks like they're gonna <laughs> disembowel you ba- basically so uh what other th- other than Ben k like just crushing people with hands uh what other thoughts did you have of this match just how much i love jason lee he's been so good he i i can't remember the last time a guy has come in and gotten jack dragon gate as well as he has
1: honestly that's really what i love about him because he fits anywhere on the card you know he's a he's a trino gate champion so obviously we're probably gonna we we see him higher up sometimes but you can put put him in an opener and he'll just do his thing and he gets, you know, the he gets both the Dragon Gate kind of style mm-hmm. air quotes, and also Dragon Gate comedy
2: yeah, well, especially it, with his prayer thing that he does yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It fits really well
2: it, and it's one of those things that I don't know how many of the Dragon Gate guys you follow on Instagram but only Maximum Yamato that's fair. That's fair. I have I kind of follow almost all of them just because I like every like morning waking up and flipping through their oh, stories. And who? Ata. And Ata. Ada's is Ata's is pretty okay. It's pretty tame. It's pretty tame, but I love like Jason Lee. Between like Jason Lee and Big R, most of the yeah. most of their Instagram stories is just them out drinking and eating and they look like they're having the best time and they've already become good friends.
1: It's so good. It, Maximum it, is best family
2: it, it is and Big R is surprisingly good at Instagram it's something I wouldn't sus- I wouldn't <laughs> have suspected I guess but it was it, it's a cool thing I love Jason Lee and Dragon Gate and thank you WWE for passing on him
1: <laughs> you lost our game
2: yeah I mean but
1: yeah, no, it's, uh, it's really incredible not only how well he's adapted but how fast he's adapted
2: It was pretty much from, like, the get-go, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just... He came in and basically just fit in right away.
2: And it's something that, like, when we get to the international tag match, I feel like that a couple of guys in that match both got it right away as well. Like, it's... After seeing, like, how awkward a lot of the gaijin have been historically, like, this Mm -hmm. is... Like This is going back to like when they first like brought in people like Jack Evans, and they would have other people along with them, like Eric Cannon and Chris Bosch, who are just like American indie guys who, who just did not get Dragon Gate. But everyone does, and it's great. So, I, I thought it was a fun... I thought it was like a fun opener, Shun. Like, like what you were saying, his gear is so bad that it's endearing. And... He's gotten better too. He's smoother with his high flying, and mm. I I even liked Ginky kind of being like the odd man out on the Maximum team too. Like he was, uh, like he was fun. Like it brought some levity. That's good for the undercard matches, you know. Mm. And it it was a fun match. It was it was a fun first match. I always love that each year Monday Ryu also has his sash that he wears down to the ring. He's,
1: he's cute, honestly. It
2: he he's kind of like an endearing mascot in a way. Mm-mm. Like I didn't expect him to be so entertaining as a face, but he's been great.
1: Honestly. Yeah. I thought he would, because he's been doing it, doing his heel thing for so long and being this sort of like little shitty heel. Right. So well, but honestly, he just kind of like, he ran with it. Mm-hmm. I think because he's weirdly popular
2: he is and it's
1: that that gives him motivation as well
2: oh yeah like I remember like when he first like turned heel and he and like there are people in the crowd who like wear like bags they drew uh, Monday Ryu masks on in the crowd like he's ha- he's always had like this weird devoted fan base and it's great to mm-hmm. see that like as a face he gets those cheers and as we get as the more we'll talk about these shows he's been the most active member of over generation it's been him and uh it's been him and kaido ishida in a way Mm -hmm. and you know he's and, and saying that like shima was on this card he was not on the february card like he's the high unless you want to count gamma which he's the creepy uncle he's like the most active member there Fucking gamma. <sighs> we'll, we'll we'll talk about fucking gamma like in a couple minutes.
1: <laughs> oh yes, we will. All,
2: all right. Yes, we will. Match number two was the Antios team of of Yuzushi Kanda and Takashi Yoshida versus BB Hulk and UT. Yoshida beat UT in seven minutes and thirty one seconds uh, with a power bomb. And Milo, we gotta talk about Antios. Like, Do we? <laughs> so, Do we really? I I mean, I really don't want to because they're such, like, a hand wave for me at this point. <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. So, Antios now okay, is, is the former Berserk. They don't... The, the, their theme music, I've kind of warmed up to it, but it's not really a good heal theme in my mind, especially considering past heal units because, like... I, 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 you're well on record about Berserk and and, and your disdain of them. But Wolfish the Soldier fit the unit.
1: Wolfish Soldier is a good song, I'll but, admit.
2: But like this anti-us theme, it's weird. Like it's, I don't know the best way to describe it. And it is slimy though. It is slimy, which which fits Ada's new character. So I'll mm-hmm. give him that. I agree with you on that. But like the logo is terrible. <laughs> and and, and hawks gear, because I was watching the I watched the Osaka show from January before I watched this. He, had, mm. he he had some of my favorite gear in Dragon Gate with like the Paisley and like all this all of, like his somewhat face stuff crossed out on his gear. But mm. but he has like this really bad pair of tights that's red and black and then has a silver skeleton on it, like he's trying to be La Parca. a La Parka. It's you know which one I'm talking about, dude? yeah 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 it's terrible and i don't
1: understand it and i don't like it i like the, the his old year better yeah
2: yeah yeah and it's just like i want them to develop an identity and mm-hmm. if the identity is being sleaze balls, then oh boy lean it lean into it like make your but then make your gear more sleazy looking
1: like please just if you're really gonna go into it just like bring back the death match like the Big air quotes again deathmatch gear that he had for um Versa versus vs Jimmys.
2: Yeah, like, like
1: like if you want to look like a trash bag, really look like a trash bag. Ask Eita, he has lots of experience with that.
2: <laughs> but but you're right. Like like if you wanna look if you wanna be a bunch of hobos, look like hobos. Mm. But so the like I thought this is a pretty good I thought this was an alright match, to be honest. Like, UT and Conda had a good sequence together. They had Hulk in the ring against one of the few people he has chemistry with in Hulk and Yoshida. And it for, for what the, for the time given and the kind of match it was, I thought it was alright. What do you think?
1: Hmm. Uh,
2: uh, Pretty I don't
1: really think anything about them at this point. I'm like Yeah. You know, it's what I, I can't remember if it was you that I that I told this to on Twitter, that like berserk were like a less cool Mad blankie, Mm-hmm. and anti-ass are just an even less cool berserk. Yeah, so eh. there is nothing about them that interests me. Um, well, I mean, no, that's not true. I like T Hawk and A as twin gate champions always have and probably always will, but even Conda, who I'm notoriously a very big fan of, is like. I feel like he could be doing so much
2: better as a heel. Right. And Because we know that he can. And he's such a legendary heel, too. Like, that's the thing that's so depressing about it.
1: Yeah. Um. He is the heel.
2: Yeah, the rudest of the rude. Mm. And it's just, like... I know that, like... And we are seeing that they are... That, that this unit, it, it wasn't just it wasn't just like appeasing people by saying it's about the younger guys it really is but it's just like watching this match and i guess we could really get into the next match the shingo takagi getting a disqualification as punch tobinaga loss is cool but it's just one of the things like the older guys are just kind of there and i hate this T- this Takaki Tomanaka feud so much. <laughs> so much. It's it's one of my least favorite things that Dragon Gate has done in years. It's so... Mm. It, 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 I just hate it. And I assume, considering the people in this match, you, you did not care much for that match either.
1: Honestly, my thoughts at this point is that I know you hate it and probably everyone else in the world hates it but I would much rather have Shinro Takagi embarrassing himself in that kind of feud than being in the title scene.
2: You know what? I respect that I don't mind
1: it. Sorry, what?
2: I respect that level of hatred.
1: What can I say? I'm nothing if not a consistently petty bitch.
2: (laughs) I mean, and this is how they're phasing out Takagi for now. He's going to be doing his All Japan Champion Carnival. He's going to be doing a lot more stuff with Big Japan. and. I mean, they made their bed there in their ways. He's he's apparently a lot more interesting outside of Dragon Gate. I haven't bothered trying to find it. I like Shingo as a wrestler, but not that much to watch promotions I don't care for. So. Shingo
1: Takadi interesting to not go in the same sentence.
2: <laughs> but uh yeah
1: I've seen I've seen him. I've seen him in Big Japan live. Yeah. And I quite frankly could not care less about him at this point when Everybody was packing up the ring and everything, and he was already dressed and gone.
2: I mean, that's...
1: Like, I saw that. Everybody was pushing stuff out through the elevators at Conakron Hall. Mm -hmm. Takadi was already in his jeans and blazers, and blazer ready to leave.
2: But that that might be one of the things, though, as an outsider. Sorry, what? That might be a thing as an outsider, though, that, like... He, it's not part of his job if he's brought in when as an When you eat at
1: someone's house, do you help with the
2: dishes? That is a fair point. I, I I get to where you're coming from for that, but yeah. So I don't really have much else to say about the match, really. Like,
1: I mean, honestly, if 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 we see Shinro Takagi going into the Champion Carnival as the Owari get Gate Champion. I think my life will finally be complete because everybody will see him as the joke that he is.
2: I, I I think that they're going to do that in March. I think that, but I mean, the thing about Ori Gate is that it's left up to the fans. So, mm. what what can we do to bribe eighteen hundred and fifty people to uh, troll Shingo Takagi?
1: Hmm. I'll see you with my connections. <laughs>
2: Hey, if it happens, I will be elated just because I just want to see the look. One, I want to see the look on Shingo's face when he becomes a Wario Gate champion. And two, the idea of that champions Carnival, like one of the oldest tournaments in all of wrestling, has the one the outsider presented as being a comedy champion.
1: That's because he's a joke. <laughs> he's a clown, and that's honestly what he
2: deserves. Getting into stuff that was really enjoyable. Yes. Oh match, my god. Yes. Match four is called the special New Year's tag match. Where? Oh yes. Where it was Yosuke Santa Maria, Yosuke Santa Maria, Riosuke San Maria versus the S and M Machine Guns, as they call themselves, oh. Shima oh. Gamma and Don Fuji. It was a weird decision where there was a you, there was a simultaneous. Uh, three the, three of the, there was three pairs of kissing that happened and it was determined that Yosuke and Hyosuke both kissed Shima and Gamma at the same time whereas Don Fuji was kissing Ryosuke at the same time and this is the match I re- this is one of the two matches I really wanted to get your live impression of how was this thing live?
1: it was incredible are you kidding? it's just it was
2: like amazing they held off on doing gong kids until this match, and they brought children down in the ring, and we should we should describe what the S&M machine guns were wearing. They had masks on, boas, full- And full-body stockings. Full-body stockings with underwear on, except for Don Fuji. Don Fuji wore tights on Don sunnet. Fuji
1: don't care.
2: <laughs> I, I think Don Fuji does care because he made sure to wear something that had his logo on it.
0: <laughs>
2: that's next level business personing right there and then they mm-hmm. brought two kids in the ring like what parents would allow them to get in the ring with gamma in a body stocking <laughs> like that's some, like in the states that's when you call CPS and you're, you're asking for a welfare check or like a mental health check if you let that happen but they let two kids into the ring at the same time Ugh. But this match was hilarious. It was a oh, it was a whole lot of fun. You know, it was the and big comedy match for the first big show of the year.
1: No, yeah, uh, I was so happy to see Ryosuke Rios, make a comeback because I love I love Riosuke so much. he's my girlfriend. It's
2: I, <laughs> I, I I do have to say, Ryosuke has gotten the act down. Ryosuke... They need to have some uh, makeup lessons for them next time, because that was bad.
1: It's avant-garde. You don't understand.
2: <laughs> it is avant-garde. He, they, they looked kind of like a pop art painting.
1: Exactly, Lady Gaga, Art Pop, get into it.
2: Yeah, but this was an absolute riot of a match. I'm, if you, I loved, I loved it. I have to imagine live it was even more crazy. Mm. And it was. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was just really fun. Like, they did not give a shit. It,
2: it well, well, they did care because they wanted to make it the horniest mass match of all time. Like.
1: The whips, when the whips came out, yeah. I was bent over in my seat. I could. I was. I felt like I slipped into an alternate, like a, a warp hole to an alternate dimension where Dragon Gate was suddenly Nicho Pro. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like looking in the crowd looking for Shinobu, like cheering them on. He wasn't
2: there, but like, like this would have been the perfect time to bring back Shinobu, you know? Like <laughs> Sh- Shinobu was a member of Tozawa Juku. He graduated. He's a former Triangle Gate champion. He should have been a part of this, you know? <laughs> but uh the craziest thing or like the most preferred thing in the match is when they made a full-on human centipede.
1: Oh, God, yes, yes. I, the, the, ah, oh, my... Oh, God.
2: <laughs> I, I have this written in, in my notes, along with, like, oh, with with Cyrio's The Worst Maria, and that was the horniest match of all time. Right in between those, my next... Just, like, one sentence, they made a human centipede. I... It was something.
1: I don't want it.
2: <laughs> but that was a... I, I feel like that, that was like the first match of the show that people should go out of their way to watch if you like Dragon Gate comedy and you're okay with it not being like a high work rate match, because that's not what the point of it was. It was a comedy match, and it was great. So,
1: But I, it's, I think it's a match that a lot of people were kind of not down on, but like either didn't care for or found, found, found it very cringy, but... Honestly, I just loved it. I can I can't help it.
2: Like and I think that's that's like one of the things about Dragon Gate comedy is sometimes it they go over the top to such an extent that I could see why people would be like not for me standing back for this, but like this to me was like knowing what this match was going to be going in. I was like, "Okay, we have three we have the three Marias. This is going to be something." So, like I it it was well, it wasn't what I expected because I didn't expect to see a fucking human centipede. But it was of the vein. It. So... Mm. That it was, was good. It, it, it was fun. It was fun. I I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, so, then they had... Oh, no. The, I think they ha- No, this... The, the next match was before intermission. And I, the only reason I remember that is because Shima asked everyone to cheer for all the new guys because the next match was match 5 which was called the Special International Tag Team Match where they have a lot of those they've been calling a lot of matches like that lately but that's because we had four foreigners in the match It it was Scarlet and Graves consisting of Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz versus Flamita and Bandito and Zachary and the And the final, sorry, and the fall was uh, Desmond Xavier hitting his final flash splash, which is different from B.B. Hulk's final flash on Bandito after nine minutes and eight seconds. And Milo, I remember when we were recording, you asked me what I should know about Scarlet and Gray's before going in there. And I said, I'm not I, I want you to go in completely open minded. And I didn't really tell you anything about it. What was your opinion of them?
1: I was blown away. Like, I could not believe what I was seeing. <laughs> and I was actually kind of... Um, kind of happy that I, like, totally went in blind when it comes to them. hmm Because... that way, I was able to really be hit with it, you know? Like... I wasn't prepared at all for how much I loved it. Mm -hmm. But I was really, really like, first I was like stuck to my seat, like unable to move. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then just kind of losing my mind. Like I really lost my mind. It was amazing.
2: And it's one of those things that, I was familiar with Desmond Xavier a little bit from watching US Indies. I haven't seen a whole lot of... Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of Zachary Wentz. But the thing that got me was... Zachary Wentz, like, adds flips and dives to nearly everything. But he does it in such a way that not doing flips for flip's sake. But he mm. it just adds stuff to the match. And I thought that ruled.
1: You just gotta... Yeah. He's, he's like a bouncing ball. hmm
2: And I also... The craziest spot I think so far of the year was the push moonsault that they gave during that match. Which, how was the crowd when they saw that Zachary Wentz went for a moonsault where Desmond Xavier shoved him onto them?
1: Uh electric! And I, I spent the past like month trying to figure out how they did that. Like, it, 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 like the no, that was like the crowd was really hot for them all the way through
2: mm-hmm.
1: but that was really the moment that they were like okay these guys are something special this and the springboard cutter
2: oh that was an incredible springboard cutter
1: mm.
2: he just gets air you know it, it it's like in a lot of ways like if you whatever you would watch like Ma- masquerade Dor- dorada or grim metallic the way that he runs the ropes it's just so different that you're like oh this is how you're supposed to get air. Mm-mm-mm. And it, I absolutely loved this match. It's just these kind of like, like nine minute, like all out sprints are my kind of matches. I enjoy like just going, just hitting go and just going nuts for it. And I, I have to say, like we've been, we've been really like kind of swooning over Scarlet and Graves. But this might have been like, in my opinion, like the best I've seen Flamita and Dragon Gate in a good long yes. time. Mm-mm-mm. Like, he. Like, it's one of the things that, like, with Tri Vanguard, like, he's been okay, but it always seems like that he's always. He never hits fourth gear, but he's there. Mm-hmm. But with Bandito, who. I have to say, I love Bandito. I've, like, started s- seeking out stuff from Bandito in Mexico. He's an interesting luchador. But, like, him and Flamita, they work so well together that, it's, like, suddenly we have now. Two new possible Twin Gate challenging teams, and I want to see that.
1: Are do you think? Do you think Scarlett and Graves are going to come back for that kind of thing?
2: I I mean, Wentz has stayed in Japan. Wentz has been there ever since, like the start of that tour. Like he's he's stuck around, and he seems to really like it. I think Desmond Xavier. I thought he had some dates in the U.S. I'm gonna look up to see. And that he was that he couldn't miss that that's why he wasn't still there. But I think like down the line, I could see them being a challenge team. Like if they bring back like Summer Venture Tag League, I could see them. being... I would,
1: not. honestly, they're probably they're like I, this right now. The the crop of, of foreigners that are in Dragon Gate are probably the most enjoyable that it's been since like 2012.
2: Oh yeah, like like since like the beginning of the UH days, like, mm-hmm. it, and you saw Ricochet. Like yeah, it, it's one of the things that like after. Two or three years where everyone slowly left and went away to go get their paycheck. That like now we have like these new guys here that one seem to love it there. Like like yes, wins on his Instagram like all the time is like how much he's loving being in Dragon Gate and that's awesome. And everyone seems to like them. Like I saw I forgot who was it that kept on posting photos of this, but people like wearing Bandito's mask around. Mm. It's popular yeah it, it's a great little mask because it has the flag <laughs> down there and the, this is this has kind of become like a, a a big match because I PWG just announced their show that's happening before the new Japan Long Beach show and, and they yeah they're both booked on and they're running it back this match <laughs> like all four are so I mean it was it was pretty interesting stuff.
1: It'll be interesting to watch it and see if they have the exact same match, right? Mm, I think. That but means- yeah, I just, yeah. I just wanted to agree with you real quick on what you said about Flamita kind of really feeling more like himself in this match, right? Yeah, but I feel like that—that's his roots, you know. Mm-hmm. That's going back to he. Of course, he has his perennial like Brave challenge and stuff like that, but I feel like that's really what he loves to do the most—is those big. Flippy tag matches Where there's not really Any other states Than entertainment mm-hmm. So I really enjoy him In that kind of setting And I'm glad You know Because I feel like We've kind of soured On Flippamita Because of the You know aforementioned um, Perennial breakage challenges mm-hmm. um, But But I still think that he's one of the most enjoyable parts of Dragon Gate when he's there. Yeah. And I'm really glad that he was able to find that again.
2: And it, and he's with someone in Bandito who, like, as I said, like I've like watched some of his other stuff and he is his own style of wrestler in a way that like he's a different kind of luchador than than Flamita and it works. So mm. It, it, it's really cool like him like the whole like jumping up onto their shoulders and then doing splashes is a really neat that it's a really neat thing sorry what, what were you saying?
1: no I, I was saying right
2: so I, I'm totally down with them and apparently uh, one of the things that has been going on in the last few weeks is that Shima went down to Mexico because he wanted to go visit DTU which is Flamita's old promotion that he came from and they found a guy that's going to have a tryout sometime soon. So, that's going to oh. be real interesting. Yeah, his name is Moria. He might be 17 to be honest, <sighs> because DTU guys like like they start training kids like as like an after school activity in that area. So it'd be like, oh, instead of like going to daycare, like kids would go down to the gym and learn how to do rolls. Why? And
1: stuff. Why is this such a regular topic in our re- in our recent conversations?
2: Oh, uh, what seven and eight with, year olds wrestling?
1: With e- no, the like so just really young kids training, like in we we talked about it in esports, we talked about it in K-pop, and now we're talking about it in wrestling. Why is this all we talk about, Michael? <sighs> do we want to become social workers or something?
2: Maybe that's what I. Maybe instead of going to business school, that's what I should have done. You know, like go look after the kids. Like start my own. I don't know what I would teach kids though. Like as a caseworker, like I couldn't like start my own after school program. Like you could become peanuts as caseworker. Oh, peanut! Uh, Just
1: follow him around. You know, spray spray mist in his face when he gets too warm. M- Feed m- him cookies. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah just like this for for people who don't know peanut is a league of legends player who is my favorite league of legends player because he's like he is 19 years old and basically it has the same excitement as a newborn puppy at everything
1: i mean you could have just stopped that he called himself peanuts and that that makes him like the most adorable human
2: yeah 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 he really is he really is and but yeah we have been talking a lot about people starting their trade like at 10 and 11 recently I didn't think about that until just now huh that is I don't know what that says about us but
1: this is now yeah this is now a podcast about child exploitation (laughs) this this
2: is (laughs) that is not going into the title although I wish I could make that the title (laughs) but yes this is a podcast about child exploitation because they're and how
1: we can fight it
2: and how we can fight it but we also want to celebrate their talents too yes because
1: I mean, you know, there's always that little bit of how much the kid wants to do it and how much it's just like, okay, well, you're nine years old, so now you're going to lucha school. Yeah, like that, that is true, you know. I just hope, you know, that they don't get um, the same schedule as the adults. Well,
2: well, like that's the one thing I'll say about DTU because I was kind of looking into this they do make sure the kids like go to school and it's an after school thing. And if the kids' grades start to drop, they pull them from shows and they'd make Mm -hmm. them do their homework before doing practice and things like that. Okay. So they are a little bit ahead of the Korean entertainment industry in that aspect, I'd say.
1: I mean, I was, I was actually reading up on that, um, recently. And I think it's, it's only recently that they had to pass a law in the Korean entertainment industry saying, like, minors cannot be forced to work between, like, 10 p.m. and and 6 a.m., for example.
2: And that's so insane because, like, people who are, like, kid actors in the United States, they can only be on the set for, like, four hours a day. It's about Mm -hmm. four hours a day, and they have to have so much schooling. There has to be a tutor on set. A lot of places, you also have to have, like, a caseworker or, like, a supervisor on set just because. And the idea, it's like, hey... They were mm-hmm. having people work on. They, were, they had like these at, esports athlete or K-pop stars or actors be on set at like ten thirty two a.m. Without saying, "Hey, that's a bad idea. That's nuts. That is absolutely mm-hmm. nuts."
1: I mean, there's a there's a lot of things that are nuts about that industry. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, that is. And,
1: and I I just saw there's like a new interview that came out with some guy from a group talking about how his agency have like enforced even more rules recently from everything to like diet control to dating bans to all of that kind of stuff and i'm just like this is this is
2: fucked up that's (laughs) like this shit is this shit is fucked up and it's one of the things that you would hope that things would get a lot better but we'll see on that but uh yeah, that, that, that's nuts about, like, that kind of enforcement. Because I know that, like, that was a big issue with Okada, like, when he ended up, like, di- when it came out that he was dating the voice actress. because Aww. Because, like, you don't yeah, announce those fans, things.
1: The, her fans, her fans went crazy. Just voice actress fans, um, and, like, every everyone that kind of, like, markets themselves as an idol has crazy-ass fans. Mm-hmm. It's, like... It's really disheartening, too, you know? But there were lots of... Ugh, I don't know.
2: Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's an interesting look at, like, culture, especially, like, when we talk about, like, even, like, in wrestling in a lot of ways, even in Japan, it has other, like, strict rules. Like, especially with Joshi wrestlers, it was, like, the old three no's that you couldn't have, which with time have kind of gone away but some companies still enforce like there's like the idea of like how they put restrictions on wrestlers that Mm -hmm. is kind of similar to that but not to the same extent as you would hear for like these k-pop stars or like causing this sort of like outcry
1: yeah the thing the thing that often happens with idols like um like um mimori suzuko okada's girlfriend and k-pop idols and stuff like that is fans get a weird sense of entitlement that because They pay, they, like, they they say something that's kind of along the lines of, well, I pay for your lifestyle, so you should respect me and not have relationships. Which is fucking, like... Entitlement. Do you hear how insane that sounds? I,
2: you know, I think you get so tunnel vision that they don't need, that doesn't even cross their mind, but it's absolutely insane.
1: Like they they feel like it kind of exposing like exposing their private lives mm-hmm. or having relationships is like disrespectful to the fans because the fans pay them Yeah. That yeah. like that is the most that's I'm sorry that's the most head ass shit I've ever heard. Like it makes zero sense and it's a, it's a, it's really a sign of um entitlement like you said from yeah. fans. And, and it's just those, yeah, those 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 people who love like the voice actresses, like Okada's girlfriend is. Um, they think that these 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 girls should be like their ideal girlfriend, right? So, and they, you know, they're locked in this sort of like fantasy world where they they see themselves maybe having a possibility with her,
2: mm-hmm.
1: when they're probably greasy forty-year-olds who still live in their mom's basements.
2: Well, I mean, they, they could be, I forget the, the term, they could be the shut-ins, you know, I mean, not necessarily even the basement. Mm. But, Mm-mm-mm. anyways, getting back but to...
1: But yeah, her. I don't know how you got about this, but yeah, no, the kids, so the kids, starting training at like eight or nine years yeah. old, makes might
2: say, yes, continue. That's how we got into this huge, huge uh, tangent, but anyways...
1: This has opened the tangent gate, and it has always been.
2: Indeed, indeed, and without John here... We're kind of being let
1: off. <laughs> <laughs> Without John here, I feel like we're just kind of like two ten-year-olds who had way too much sugar.
2: I mean, I was that ten-year-old, so <laughs> that explains a whole lot. <laughs> but the uh, the semi-main event of Cork, and getting back to the show was <laughs> oh, was the Tribe Vanguard team of Yamato and KZ versus Masaki Mochizuki and Susumu Yokosuka, where KZ got the big pinfall on Mochi at 12.37 with his running elbow smash. Oh that rolled so hard. It was... They did Uh, such a great... It so hard! They did such a great job that I'm kind of glad that we had this little break that we can kind of look back at it rather than talk about it like in media res. But Mm -hmm. they did such a great job of how they built up KZ for his title match. Like, from from him getting a flash pin, from him like making the elbow strike into a legitimate knockout finisher. They did such a good job, and it really added so much to that match last, or that, that match and at I last Corkin. F- like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's also something that people have been hyping up a lot. Fans, I see all the time on Twitter hyping it up a lot when they 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 give his, his matches, um, that his elbow strikes and his uppercuts have always been a great part of mm-hmm. Casey's um, I want to say inventory but that's not the word I'm looking for <laughs> um, of his arsenal. Yeah. So it's nice that they got them finally over as a legitimate finisher in such a, an impactful and
2: huge way. And, and there's no better way of doing that than like suddenly doing that to Mochizuki and getting a three count. Like that was so cool and I completely agree with you, like, he's had, like, these great strikes, at least dating back to the Dia Heart Hearts days. Mm. And it's so mm. great that they were able to make that, like, a legitimate, like, strike finisher where not a lot of guys in Dragon Gate have strike finishers, and most of them are either kicks or lariats. So it's cool to have something new. But, yeah, I love this match, they're... Yamato and Susumu have great chemistry, and they had a really fun lariat segment, and just like everything about this, like made the Korokan on February seventh feel even more special.
1: Mm, mm mm. I agree.
2: And of course, right after that match was when KZ made his title challenge, and Mochizuki ah! <laughs> and, and Mochizuki granted it. Ah!
1: And... Yes. <laughs>
2: and uh, the question I kind of have because I was thinking about this was were you that surprised that, like after all the build up they went away with that they went along with it or that this happened because in retrospect I, I'm i still a little bit surprised that they did it and, and it's not like a negatively surprised I'm like pleasantly surprised
1: I was surprised because I thought that they would never do it yeah like at this point I had kind of given up mm-hmm so, no, but the thing is that that's that's mostly the reason why I was surprised because I feel like the signs had been there a little bit because KZ had been pinning the previous Brave Gate Challengers.
2: hmm
1: So, the Brave Brave Gate, the previous, sorry, Dream Gate Challengers. And, um, and so there, I felt like he might pin Mochizuki and make a challenge, but I wasn't getting my hopes up for it. You know?
2: Yeah. And with the way that the Dragon Gate year works, it ended up being the perfect kind of in February Challenger. Like like when you think about because last year it was BB Hulk. I think in twenty sixteen I'm just going off the top of my head, I think it was Asumu. So mm. it, it it ended up that instead of like going to like a tried and true challenger, why not try KZ here? And as we saw, he knocked it out of the freaking park. Mm. So uh I don't really, because how long ago this match was, I don't really have much other memories of this match. Uh, How was the reaction live to the Casey Penn?
1: Enormous. Like, you you know that this is someone that they love and they've been waiting for him to get what he deserves for so long. Mm -hmm. And I think that they've been given, you know, so much... In such small quantities, you know, there was like the first the Triangle Gate Rain, but that was short lived, and then there was there were, you know, pinning Saito and Susumu and being like, is it gonna happen? Is it not? So when it finally happens, I feel like there's some sort of um uh vin- they feel vindicted. Yeah. I and I think we feel vindicted as well.
2: I, I mean, especially I, I not to like completely toot your horn, but I mean, you ever since I've been on the show, at least you've been all about giving KZ a shot. And as it was proven, like they finally gave him his shot. Mm-hmm. And it was, and, and we're just about to get into that card, but it was phenomenal. And, but before we get to that, there was the main event of the January Korkin, which was uh, which was the maximum team of Nuruki Doi, Masato Yoshino, and Big R Shimzu taking on young Antios of T-Hawk, L. Lindemann, and Ata, with L. Lindeman getting the pin on Big R Shimizu. And I have this match at three and three quarters, but I honestly, the biggest thing I remember from the match was that someone actually almost went off the balcony. So.
1: That's what you remember?
2: Well, I mean, there also was, there also was Shimizu bleeding a whole lot afterwards, but I'm talking about the match itself.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's just the same old tired formula every single Mm -hmm. goddamn time. So what can you say?
2: I I do think that Ada and Lindemann, for people who only had that brief period of time, both in Millennials and in Berserk, have developed some good chemistry as a team. Mm. Which, I mean, if there's much to say about young Antios, they have chemistry, so there was that. But... It was kind of your usual heel win, I would say, with, with Shingo Takaki coming out and decking Big Arshimizu so hard in the head that it busted him wide open, and he was bleeding pretty badly, to be quite honest. So
1: I know. I was there.
2: Yeah, and...
1: And I... God, I fucking hate that guy. It
2: just... It it was the wrong part of the chair, and it just was really rough. And
1: And this is, it's not the first fucking time. Mm -hmm. Like, if you can't do a fucking chair shot, then don't fucking do chair shots. Shimizu had to use two whole fucking towels to try and stop the bleeding. He was wobbly as hell, pale as hell, and Shino, oh my god.
2: I think at this time it's probably best to move on to the next Corkin where
1: I'm just like I am so tired of him. Well the the plus I'm on his... so tired of him. He's not the, he's not the wrestler that he was in 2015, okay? Mm-hmm. He's really not. He's descended into this sort of like the trashiest of the trash wrestlers like taking advantage of the fact that he's a heel to kind of excuse all of his fuck-ups, and then he does something like this. Like, you you saw the match and you saw the pictures. I was... But I was there.
2: Yeah. It just...
1: And it was like... I have never... I went to a big Japan show. I have never seen so much blood in my life.
2: That's... I mean... It feels like more and more he's trying to get into that self wrestling to be honest. He's trying to? I, I I feel like that being like such an Onita fan that he is that like and like it, it's been said that like when he was like a kid he wanted to either join All Japan or FMW. So I guess he's taking advantage of the fact of that and being a heel that he's able to do this kind of stuff but Dude. Yeah,
1: just do this kind of stuff to people who fucking agree to do it.
2: Yeah, like like that. he
1: that, probably was not expecting to have his fucking skull split open.
2: Yeah, and it just was a... And even though it was... Even it's though like, it was like a bad part of the chair, he swung it with such force that even if it was a proper shot, it still would have been a scary shot.
1: It's like... I feel like people in wrestling do safe chair shots without splitting or bleeding every single fucking day mm-hmm. how can Shindo takagi not fucking do it if he's so fucking great as everybody wants me to believe
2: and it's one of the things that i think that with him getting kind of paired back and it's very obvious with the booking that he is especially with him doing other things right now there's other ways really for him to do that. And that's the, and that was the real frustrating thing because you had, cause you had like him in the match of punch Tominaga and you had him in the comedy match at the next corkin but it just was, it was just reckless. Like at the end of the day, as someone who likes his in-ring stuff as much as I do, like getting outside of other things his in-ring stuff as much as I do. It's still, it, it was unexcusable. And it was a real sour note for that Corkin to end on, but it did end with them setting up a match that we'll be talking about on the on the February and where it became a three-way tag between the Young Antios team, Doyoshi and Binke versus Tribe vanguard of Yo- Yamato, Hulk, and Flamita on that 2-7 that also had the Mochizuki versus KZ match. And with that, I think we could probably move over to it. And it was on February 7th at Cork and Hall, it also sold out with 1,850 people there. The opening match of the card was another match zero with Ishida and Yoshioka in it, but it had Hyo Watanabe, Watanabe uh, Kaido Ishida, and Monday Ryu. And it was... Again, I'm frustrated about Ishida's role, I would say, in 2018, you know? Like, he needs to really be... Like, he's saddled with overgeneration with a unit that's pretty much that should have been disbanded last year and it's dead in the water it, it totally is and he's someone that like he's had his health issues and maybe that's why they're keeping him in this position but like you're seeing what's going on with like Benkei, and we'll really get into Benkei when we talk about the cards for champion gate and he's just floundering in a lot of ways
1: see okay so the thing is that I don't... The thing that I don't understand, right? And Mm -hmm. I feel like I've said this on every single episode of this show where we've talked about overgeneration. Right. Why has that unit stagnated so fucking much when it would have been so easy to cycle the young boys in?
2: And I think that's the big question. You know,
1: let Ishida and Yamamura free back when that was still possible. Mm -hmm. And take... Kyoshan and Yuki.
2: How fucking hard is it? You know it, and it's one of the things that it's not only hurt Ashida, and it would have probably still be hurting Yamamura if Yamamura wasn't injured. But it stagnated both, it stagnated the people from 2016 as well. Like they need this now because we have we have Uji we have Uji Sh- Chiba around now. We have yeah. Kotoka's brother. I got it. I got the name right.
0: Hmm.
2: And, and and you can see at ringside, they have more people who are ready to, that are going to get close to debuting. And now you're going to have such a log jam that if you did not, if you would have cycled everyone in and out, like they would have a natural landing place because by the time that, that Uji and the other people from this year will be ready, then hmm. Hyo, Shun, and Yuki Oshioka will be ready to move on as well. Like, This could have been a conveyor belt of a unit that could have lasted for years. And they didn't. But the match itself was The match itself was good. Yoshioka showed some good fire. Like they're kinda it feels like they're kinda doing a mini feud with him and Ishida. Hyo is getting better, which makes me very happy because he did kind of have some rough matches at the tail end of last year, so that was nice to see. But That's really all I got from match zero. Did you have many thoughts about it?
1: Nope.
2: (laughs) Okay. Let's get into a match that was pretty exciting. And that was another international six-man tag team match with Susumu Yokosuka, Genki Horiguchi, and Jason Lee versus Kakatora, Zachary Wentz, and Bandito. Uh, Susumu Yokosuka beat and penned Bandito in 936 with the Yokosuka Cutter. And I really like this. Uh, what did you think about it? Was,
1: that, was it ben- Bandito?
2: It is. I have Bandito both in my notes and it's as it's listed on iHeartDG.
1: And if it if it's a if that's what it says, yeah. Uh, that was fun. Did, that was really fun.
2: I, I don't know if it's just me, but do you? I've really noticed that that Zachary Wentz gets Dragon Gate comedy.
1: Yeah. I feel like I I really love Desmond Xavier, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like he's a he's the serious one of the two. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Zachary Wentz is kind of like, I mean, he's pretty much an early two thousand MySpace kid that became a wrestler.
2: And with the tattoos, so, he really is.
1: I really he's a really really nice guy. I I, I really enjoyed his his entire presence in in Dragon Gate. I, and like I said, I feel like Desmond Xavier is the more serious half of the duo, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. But when it comes to matches like this, it's also important to let loose, And I think I feel like Wentz is a little more prone to do that.
2: Oh, yeah, and I totally agree because one of my favorite moments of the show outside of the main event was when Jason Lee was doing his prayer evade and went, and Zachary Wentz was just staring there, looking around, like trying, like almost like poking him, and then then shouting out very loudly, "I don't know what to do here." <laughs> like I thought that that was one of the funnier moments that they've had all year so far. Mm-mm. And it's one of the things also about like having Bandito and Wentz together and have them on this like. Watching, like, the January house shows, watching the, the Osaka show and the Kobe show, it you could tell that when they weren't, like, facing off as, like, the international tag team match with the Americans and the Mexicans, you could tell, like, when they were working with the Dragon Gate guys, things weren't entirely comfortable. But, like, this match, everyone seemed a lot smoother. Everyone started to get to know each other. They knew, okay, this is what he does here. And it, it it's really, like, made me feel like that we're going to see both these guys for a long time because if they didn't care about if they didn't care about Zachary and Bandito then they wouldn't like try to make their stuff look really good but they did you know mm-hmm. but yeah uh, do you have any other thoughts about the opener
1: nope it was fun I like Susumu in those kind of more relaxed situ- uh, situations or settings because Susumu's a really funny guy mm-hmm. but I feel like he often doesn't really get to be the funny guy when, yeah. when the jimmies were when the Jimmys were around, it was usually Saito and Horiguchi who did the comedy. And Susumu was kind of like more subdued in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so I like when he gets to kind of shake shake off and let loose,
2: yeah, because he was always kind of like the straight man, and like the comedy routines are going along with it. But he would, like him being in like a match like this lets him to kind of be a little bit more goofy. And it's nice seeing goofy Susumu every once in a while. Hmm. The next match was Takashi Yoshida completely running through Big R Shimizu in 4 minutes Mm -hmm. and 11 seconds with a pineapple bomber, but saying it was a pineapple bomber is not fair because he hit 3 in a row to beat him that quickly, and this is the time where we should probably talk about what's up with Big R Shimizu.
1: What is up with Big R Shimizu indeed, my dude? Do you think they're going to have him turn?
2: I... The reason why I don't think they would is that Katoka is retiring and with him turning, that just leaves the Triangle Gate team and Binke.
1: Or and OG. I still think that they're gonna put him in there, so Yeah,
2: I can see them putting OG in there. Mm. But but then still you 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 have a rookie and those four and that usually doesn't make for a strong unit, even with you even with Doyoshi there. Are you thinking he's turning? I think
1: there's got to be something that's brewing. Yeah, that's the thing.
2: Like, this isn't the usual, oh, or in the past, Shinbizu has screwed up or has done something that we viewed as punishable, so we're going to be petty. This feels like a very concentrated losing streak. Exactly. And And I saw on, I don't know when the show is airing, but I saw on the oh it was on the uh, it was on the Kobe Sambo Hall show from the 20th that Benkei beat him in 8 minutes with the spear not the Benkei bomb not the submission and like mm-hmm. apparently lit into him on the microphone so this is something and I don't
1: and that was a that the the, the Benkei match was a wasn't that a match that uh Shimizu himself wanted
2: let me take a look at what the Kobe results were for early January, because that sounds right. Because
1: so it's it it's even more humiliating.
2: Right. I'm not seeing this here, but I completely believe that that happened. Like I, uh, that sounds right. So, yeah, like that makes sense. That it was like Shimizu asked him for that because he was on the losing streak and wanted to prove his worth. I guess. And it's going to be real interesting because, like, when we start talking about the uh, cards for both Champion Gate and the uh, March Korkin, he's, they're being put into very auspicious matches <laughs> for lack of a word. menace. Yeah, especially that, uh, th- that Korkin show where match three, Big R Shimizu and Benkei versus Yuzushi Kanda and Takashi Yoshida. Huh. That's Something's up. Hmm. Something's up. But... Hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing. It, it 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 really is thinking face emoji there, the match, because with how Dragon Gate likes to telegraph these turns, it makes you think that something's going on. But... Yeah. But for the matchup for, that happened for four minutes, it was a fun four-minute match. It was. It, it like It was... Oh, go ahead.
1: I think because I wasn't as invested in it as the previous yoshida singles match, where I really wanted Yudi to win, and he didn't. Right. Um, here, I I found that I was kind of able to let go of my t- t- "like Takashi-Yoshida-sucks mindset and just enjoy like two boulders colliding into each other.
2: Right. It was just like a big old beef-off. Just like two big dudes just slamming into each other for four minutes. <laughs> just smacked, just piles of meat, just slapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It, yeah.
1: And it didn't overstay its welcome.
2: Right, like... So I think it's important when it comes to Takashi Yoshida. Yeah, like, I know John has said that they really enjoy Yoshida when Yoshida's in Triangle Gate matches, and I this totally goes along with the theory, because four minutes in and out, you know, didn't exhaust people, wasn't like, oh god, why did they put this guy in this situation again? It was like, oh hey, we just saw a bunch of big dudes clobbering, and we're done, and we're moving on to the next match. Hmm. So, it was fun. I don't really have much else to say about the match other than it was fun and, hmm, about Shimizu. Do you? Nah. All right.
1: I just, I feel like we're in the buildup to something. I just want to know what it is.
2: Right. And with the way that this year has kind of been building with things, it seems like, like our anticipation is even more heightened because we suddenly had someone leave and maybe leave, try Vanguard and maybe form a new unit. Like stuff's happening. So it's exciting. Mm. The, uh, well, let's as match three and I guess this is, the time where we should really talk to it, talk about it was the Katoka road to final in Tokyo with Don Fuji, Yosuke Santa Maria, and UT versus Gamma, Kness, and Katoka. Yosuke got the pen on Katoka at ten fifty one with a Naralucci.
1: Yeah,
2: it's I'm very happy that they are doing, making such a concerted effort for Katoka, for his last month of his career.
1: Yeah, they, they did say I can't remember who said that. Maybe Doi or Yoshino that he would be free to team with whoever he wants.
2: And it's nice because like we're getting, like because I I thought this was a pretty fun match. Like when I was watching the uh, when I was watching the Geora stream before I watched like not the Geora stream. When I watched the uh, the uh, Nico Nico stream since you don't have commentary. Like you could, you could hear how much the crowd like really got into it, and it was just fun, you know. <laughs> and with, I, I figure that after he retires, we'll probably do a huge recap of his career and talk about that. But like for now, it, it, it was nice having that. I, all the other matches he's had so far in the series have all been the ones I've seen have all been pretty fun, you know. So, <laughs> it's sad he's getting out. He'll he'll be. I don't think he turns 30. I think he just turned 29, so he's not going to turn 30. Until no, he just, he just turned 28. Just turned 28? Oh, I thought he was born in 1980. Ni- no, he has to be born. He has to have been born in 1990. Duh. He
1: was part of the millennials. Yeah. yeah.
2: Dust Spears, you should know that. But um, <clears throat> the, the the big the big part of it is that over the last few years, he's had a lot of injuries and A lot of injuries to his face and to his knee and he's had a lot of surgeries and he feels like that this is that his health like he doesn't want to risk his health anymore and recovery so this is the time for him to step away especially when he's only 28 and not as an old man so i definitely Mm -hmm. support him and getting out before he's really hurt and and to be fair and not, not to be like dark I have to imagine that maybe some stuff about Yamamura influenced this, you know? Mm. So. But back to the match itself, it was a whole lot of fun. There was a water bottle war between Don Fuji and Gamma. There was a chop battle between Fuji and Katoka. And the crowd was really into it. And I liked it a whole bunch. Uh, What did you think Mm. about it?
1: I liked it. I liked it. I liked that... And this is something that I kind of want to talk about when, when we touch upon the, the card for his retirement show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that Kotoka is being put in matches where he gets to have
2: fun. Yeah. And
1: not necessarily be a vessel to further some other people.
2: And, and he's been the focal point of the fun too, which makes it even better.
1: Everybody doing his taunt with him.
2: Mm-hmm. Getting to hear Love <laughs> My Dreams. Yeah. I, 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 I do hope that one of the shows, as a prank, they play the jazz version of Live My Dreams for his theme.
1: I would pop so hard. I would be so happy.
2: It is such...
1: What should be, like, one of the non-taped shows? Um, and <laughs> Well, I don't know if there's any non-taped shows, actually, over the past, like, over the next ten days before his retirement, so...
2: Right. But uh, it's gonna... I'm glad that they're, they're continuing that also when we get into the... Uh, Champion Gate, they are having road to final matches too, which is great. He's he's still being incorporated into a big card, and it's being incorporated a part of that, which wasn't the case when Tozawa left. When Tozawa left, there was all ro- teams... But yeah,
1: but Tozawa wasn't retiring.
2: That is fair. Yeah, good point.
1: Like he might be dead to us, but he's not retired.
2: S- so I tried to watch 205 Live while I still have the free oh, oh, WWE we- Network. And so why was that? I, I got three months free, and I wasn't going to give them money. And I was like, "Well, it's here and my favorite wrestler. Even though he's pretty much non-existent, is still in the company. So I'll watch Two of Five Live." And, uh, it's sad. It's a bummer.
1: I mean, they're not doing anything with him, and they weren't going to do anything with him. But right now, it's just extremely clear that they're not like they don't give a shit.
2: Yeah, and I will say though, they—they they are, I guess, with him not not letting him do anything. They did decide to like let him do his weird comedy stuff with him thinking that he could fire people. A very Tozawa thing to think he could fire people, but anyways, that we still have we'll still have about four more taped shows for Katoka, so there'll be a lot more fun matchups for him to come like. Like at Sambo Hall, the match was a was a match where it was Yamato, uh, Yosuke Samarita, Flamita, and Ut with the basically the whole maximum contingent outside of Big Ben. So I'm looking forward to that match. So there's going to be a lot more kind of fun matches to come for that series. And yeah, it's it's going to be interesting without Katoka.
1: I'm I'm happy that I get to see him team with
2: his brother. Yeah, like that. That's so cool that they're doing that. I appreciate that that they're that they're going to make sure that for which night is that? That's night two, where it's KZ and Dragon Kid versus Katoka and O.G. That should be a lot of fun. Mm-mm. But the next match is my least favorite Dragon Gate match of the year. I oh, I can't beat around the bush with it. I absolutely hated it. It was. Ryo Saito and Punch Tomonaga versus Shingo Takagi and Yuzushi Kanda. The only thing I liked about this match was that Shingo Takagi, when he ha- he shows zero chill, chill ta- towards Punch Tomonaga, and with all our misgivings to Shingo to- about Shingo Takagi, I support him hating Punch Tomonaga. But other than that, I hated it. It went on forever. It was only nine minutes. Punch one surprisingly on Konda. He had a punch clutch, which I didn't know was a move until then. But I really hated this match. I think
1: that was probably the only good part of the match—the kind of flash pin, yeah, exchange and Andy Magic into the punch clutch, whatever that is.
2: It, it was just like a roll-up. It was like a schoolboy. Mm. Punch Thamanaga, and I'm sorry. I know I'm well on record for hitting Poch Thamanaga. Like his special flash pen is just a schoolboy.
1: I mean, that's probably the most punched tominata thing ever,
2: right? <laughs> it is, but it makes me hate him more, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate everything about him. <laughs> like, it's just frustrating with him. And with, did you have any thoughts on this match <laughs> before I start nope. ranting up? Okay.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. Please go ahead.
2: Yep. Yeah, so, as we were alluding to earlier, Saito. As they won that match, Saito's forcing Shingo Takagi to face him for the war Gate on March 6th, and at Champion Gate is Punch Tomonaga versus Yuzushi Kanda for the Brave Gate. And after that, let's get into what was a really, really fun match. It was a three-way, six-man tag match with Tri-Vanguard, uh, Maximum, and Antios, and it was a Tri-Vanguard team of Yamato, BB Hulk, and Flamita versus the uh, Maximum team of Nuruki Doi, Masato Yoshino, and Benkei, and the Young Antios Trio, and Antios got both the falls in the match. It was, uh, No, I apologize. Benkei got one of the falls in the match. Benkei oh, eliminated so. Tribe Vanguard at 17-17 by spearing Hulk to hell, basically. And Hulk is not having a good time with
1: Benkei these days.
2: No, he's not. And Benkei is not a guy who, who you do not want to be having a bad time with. hmm That was a word salad salad of a sentence. Speak at my sentiments about that. (laughs) I would love having a good time with Ben K, if you know what I mean. He seems like such a fun guy on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Though I think he's drunk half the time. He seems like he drinks a lot.
1: Maximum seem like they drink a lot in general. Yeah. Doi and Yoshino are terrible influences. They're the neighborhood's drunk gay uncles.
2: But they do take their kids to practice. That is true. That was one of the funniest photos in a while. Was <laughs> what was that from? Was that from Shoe Pro or was it from Baseball Magazine?
1: Honestly, I don't remember. Um, I sent it to you in the DMs. I'm just gonna check now, but it, w- it is so familiar, you know?
2: Yeah. So the photo, and we, I, I, other than other than I have a really good KZ photo to put up as like the thumbnail for the episode. But if I'm not, I would put this up as it is. Best way to describe it is is Doa Yoshi picking up their kids from school, <laughs> but
1: oh, it was from ShuPro.
2: was yeah. from ShuPro, but Young Entias got the second fall as T Hawk pinned Yoshino with Cerebrus. and I really enjoyed this. What did you think about the match?
1: I liked it. I feel like if you if you're gonna focus. On these people And only these people
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's better to put them In this kind of situation Right Because I feel like a three-way setting Always allows for more interactions And these people always have A lot of history together Yeah I mean, even even Ben Kay Who's barely a minute into his career Already has history with some of these uh, Especially T-Hawk Yeah So yeah. So, I appreciate that they put them in there. Um, you know, young young Antias needed to kind of have their hands full um, before the main event. Um, and I don't know. I thought it was fun. It wasn't like on the level of some other Dragon Gate three way matches that we know of. Yeah. But. It kind of reminded me in a way of, I can't remember what the lineup was, but the match that was before um, Monster Express versus Reserve losing Unit Disbands. I think it was Jimmy's versus Tribe Vanguard or something like that. Um, and it, it kind of reminded me of that in the way that it was,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was a fun match, but it was a breather. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? like kind of letting the audience sort of just relax and enjoy themselves before you kind of throw all their emotions in their own face.
2: Oh yeah, I I totally co-sign with everything. Like, I have this match. I know you don't really do star ratings. I had this match at a flat four stars. Like, it was a great match. Not at the level of past three-way or four-way tag matches, but it was just a lot of fun. You, You had Fulmita and Yoshino interact, and that was... Probably my favorite part of the match was like the two of them having like, kind of budding like, oh we're going to team up and work here. And then Yoshino eventually goes, no we're not, and attacks him. <laughs> I I love that I love that little part of interplay that you'll have in these kind of matches, and uh-uh. they really did a good job of using Benkei in this match. Mm. You know, because it was like I noticed this as as it was going along. I was like, oh Benkei has not been in this match a whole lot that he's not been in this match a whole lot. Then he comes in, completely wrecks house, destroys Tri-Vanguard, spears Hulk to hell, and that was pretty much it from the match. But it was perfect for him in that one little stretch.
1: I love I love Hulk in that role, too, because you know he will bump like a motherfucker for these guys.
2: Yeah, like, that's the thing about Hulk, and I know I'm down on a Hulk in general, but he will bump. And he always takes yeah, crazy that's bumps.
1: A... Like... I don't. I can kind of understand why he would not be your type of wrestler when he's on the offense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I feel like we really have to acknowledge that if you want to put a guy over as a monster who can ragdoll people, you have to put him against BB Hulk. Yeah, because like. Because Hulk will. He can and he will bump his ass off for anyone. And that's what made his. <clears throat> that's what oh God, I can't believe, That's what made his rivalry with Shingo so good.
2: Yeah. And that's also what like his first part of his title reign Why, like why I really enjoyed it was like he was bumping like crazy for, for Tozawa. He the, the the match against Shingo was pretty much like put both of them on the injury list for a while. Like mm-hmm. he will he will go there and it was a great setup for him and like, right after that, like, that was right... Like, right as that, el- that elimination happened, it went right into the finishing stretch. And I appreciated <clears throat> that, like, they weren't going to waste around. Like, as you are saying, this was, like, the breather. I was like, hey, guys, here's a 20-minute palate cleanser. We're about to do things to your heart.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I mean.
2: <clears throat> and it's also worth mentioning, and I kind of talked a little bit about this on Twitter as I watched this show, T-Hawk penning Yoshino, which... Like that is, is huge. It it's huge and it makes a lot of sense given what the Dreamgate match is at at Champion Gate because they weren't gonna pen doi and they had plans for Binke. So having Yoshino lose to T Hawk when Yoshino drops maybe six falls a year. Yeah. Like that did a lot for T Hawk in my mind. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and especially considering I, Oh go ahead.
1: I, I we don't really have time right now, but I do want to look at, like, the match history of T-Hawk and Yoshino. Mm -hmm. Um, Of how many, you know, how many times has this happened? Has T-Hawk pinned Yoshino before?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I I can do the research, and I'll tweet this out after the episode's out about this, because there is... I'm I'm guessing he probably has, but I'm not sure. If he has, it would have been a pinfall leading up to either the... The Kobe World main event they had, I would think. Mm. Oh,
1: maybe. Yeah, I have yeah. a horrible memory for this kind of thing, but maybe.
2: Yeah, I'll look it up later and figure this out because this because this, this, this will rack my brain for the rest of the week until I figure this out. So, but yeah, it was a big thing for T Hawk. Like, yeah, there was like a there was usual like heel stuff with it but for him getting that win especially considering the month before the win was on a Men trying to build him up like there's very few direct pins in dragon gate that actually like in like these undercard like not main event matches that matter as much as pinning yoshino yoshino yeah. never takes falls he's not taking falls back to italian connection <laughs> when, when somehow, instead of Milano Collection AT, it was Yosino winning matches. And it was Milano Collection AT taking falls. They have protected him for almost 20 years. And having T-Hawk do this, it's a good thing for Antios. So Yeah. But this was a very good match. I definitely would recommend this match to people. Just, it's not going to be on anyone's match of the year list at the end of the year. It's just a great Dragon Gates three-way six-man match. And that leads us to (sighs) the main event, the Open the Dreamgate Championship match where Masaki Mochizuki faced KZ in his third defense and defeated KZ at 21 minutes and 27 seconds with a crucifix hold. That was much. That was, was... This was everything I wanted it to be. It was. It was so great. So great.
1: Mm-mm.
2: like this is like when people go on about how Masaki Mochizuki is a great worker he made KZ's career that night like he knew what kind of match it had. he was like hey we're going to do this and KZ being the wrestler that he is stepped up and took the brass rank and I just mm. love this match so- I mean
1: no KZ took the brass ring and then made a necklace out of it
2: he did, he did. By the way, he wore the uh, the dream key down to the ring as a necklace. That was a nice touch. Hmm. But Jason
1: is great at accessorizing.
2: He really is. Like he has like his chains, he has he comes out wearing his kimono top, and he has his sunglasses. He he, he has like the most distinctive look, I would say, out of anyone in Dragon Gate, and it all works for him. mm But the thing that I really loved about this match is the first about six or seven minutes in the match was all Mochizuki attacking KZ, kicking him in the stomach, stomping him in the stomach and basically being a bully, like trying to say, you're not at my level and KZ came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was amazing.
1: That's And that's kind of the, the story of KZ has always been that, right?
2: Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm it's like
1: people try to keep him down and he keeps going and it's the I think it's his strength and it's the reason why I said that he would fit anywhere on the card because Casey makes every match that he's in matter in some way he can be in a comedy opener he can be in a title prelude match or he can be in a title match you know that he's going to give it 110%, and you know that he's going to make you care about it. And this, I think it's a rare quality, because there's a lot of wrestlers, and you can't really blame them, you know, that they take it easy
2: mm-hmm.
1: in, in smaller matches. But Casey doesn't know what taking it easy means. He, he always brings his A game, so there's, there was no reason for him to not do that, especially in that match. And I think the thing yeah, that... I, like,
2: oh, go ahead. Sorry. Let me cut, cut you off there.
1: No, no, no. I was... I'm just like... I'm happy even if he didn't win. I mean, I don't think anyone really thought that he would. hmm But even if he didn't win, I'm really happy that he got to show all of his hard work on such a high level.
2: And... And it wasn't like, like going off what you just said, it wasn't like that he was like doing it, doing this against some random person. It was not like he was having this match against El Lunderman or having this match against BB Hulk. He had this against a guy, Misaki Mochizuki, who we've seen his entire title reign, like this most recent one, have, is able to have completely different style matches for every single one of his title matches. Mm -hmm. so it was like hey you do this really awesomely let's go with it and like one of my favorite moments in this match other than I loved the opening six minutes of it was when was when Mochizuki like had him down and applied the cobra clutch where he brought his arm around him and was trying to like do do like a, a blood vein choke on him and like got him out of the ropes and then KZ hit the ropes and then very soon after KZ had him right in that same hold like and just like like kind like, like proving like he was proving it's like hey just because you're 48 and awesome doesn't mean that I'm not in my 30s and I'm awesome too
1: yeah yeah I, th- I thought it was a really really good showcase for both of them because it lets Casey like I said show everything that he's made of mm-hmm. but for Mochizuki as well because Mochizuki is the kid guy that's right. what people know him for and that's rightfully so that's the base, the base of his offense—that's the brunt of his offense. That's what's, that's what he does best, and that's what he loves doing. But I like that they gave him a chance at his quote-unquote age, because age is just a number for Masaki mm-hmm. Uh to show that he can still adapt and that he's not afraid of adapting. Like a lot of, I feel like a lot of old wrestlers. Um, are portrayed as kind of um certain in their own style enough that they don't find the need to innovate, innovate. Um and I like that mochi was put in this situation where he had to.
2: Oh yeah and he and he showed this like his whole entire like reign like he's shown like things because I hate watching. Like One of the things I've been doing more this year is watching Lucha Libre, and I've noticed that a lot of the older wrestlers in Lucha will just do the same thing. Do the same thing. And they're only there to do the same thing. Masaki Mochizuki is 48 years old, and he's like, oh, we want to try this in in this match? That sounds awesome. Let's do it. And I love him for that. Like, I I don't think there's a wrestler in Dragon Gate that I enjoy watching in the ring across his career as much as Masaki Mochizuki.
1: Hmm. And it's, like... It's, uh... I don't know. I can't find the word. Um, because I don't want to sound redundant, but I kind of want to say, like, there's lots of people, I think, who will be surprised if all they heard about Mochizuki was that he's a he's a kiki guy, or all they know about Mochizuki is some of his more... Classic Mochizuki matches And I, I, I appreciate that Even now So long into his career He finds ways to, to show Exactly why there's so much hype Around him
2: I completely agree With you on that And the only thing that I'd want to add Is the crazy thing about Masaki Mochizuki Especially at 48 years old Was there was a big rumor Going around when, when Agoniso broke up that that was his final year in wrestling in 2004 into 2005. Like, thinking about, like, everyone was convinced he was done then, and then he's had another 14 incredible years. Mm. And, like, one that, like, I was lucky to see him live once when DGUSA was in the States, but I don't think, I think it's, like, only, like, now that, like, we're like sitting here talking about this. I've been able to fully appreciate the kind of wrestler he is because I fully now view him as one of the top 25 wrestlers of all time. Oh, definitely. And it's something that, I I... Think... Oh, go ahead.
1: No, 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 please, please, please continue.
2: Oh, I was gonna say, and it's something that like everyone, like Shima was the star of, of dragon gate up until a certain point at the mm-hmm. end of his huge tower reign, and now we're in the current generation system. But all the while, you you had... And it started off quietly. It started mm. off with like, th- with, like, random matches. It started off with, like... And, like, trios matches. It started like this. But then we've seen in the last six years, him just have, like, some of, like... My, at least me personally, some of my favorite one-on-one matches of all time.
1: Yeah. And
2: it's just incredible. Like, the more I think about this match, the more, like... I, my love for both of these wrestlers just improves. It just grows. My my cold dark heart grows another size, <laughs> another size, and another size. And mm. ah, I love yeah, this and, match.
1: Me too. And what I, just to close kind of the chapter on Mochizuki. What I wanted to say is that I feel like he's a victim of kind of like Susumu of the kind of the Dragon Gate curse. Of Dragon Gate is such an isolated promotion, mm-hmm. and by their own doing. Um, Dragon Gate is such an isolated promotion by their own doing and their own choice that I feel like not enough people see these guys these uh, Susumu and Mochizuki to me they're some of the best active wrestlers on the planet and they might go down as some of the best of all time especially Mochi Mm -hmm. but there's maybe not enough people seeing them to be able to really make that into a statement and that's the one thing that I'm kind of always mad at Dragon Gate about is their isolationism and really their they're the how closed off they are from the rest of the wrestling world. And it feels it feels like they're taking baby steps here and there, you know, with going to it was Fight Club Pro, right?
2: Yeah, last year's Fight Club Pro.
1: Going to Fight Club Pro and sending Takagi uh, to do whatever he wants and stink up other promotions. Um, a step is a step. Yeah. I might not like it, but a step is a step. Mm-hmm. But I'm afraid that for guys like Susumu and Mochizuki, it might be a little too late.
2: Yeah, because, like, especially in their cases, like... like Mochizuki's like openly talked about him being an old man. It's like there's like this time period in between when DG USA closed and now that basically the only way you're gonna find him was inside Dragon Gate unless you were in England for Fight Club Pro. And it mm. I hope they do more. I'm hoping now that it's seen, And
1: no one is going to seek out Tokyo Gurentai. No. Like let's let's be honest with ourselves here. This,
2: Tokyo Gurantai definitely tapes, right? Do they? Of course. Because, like, (laughs) I I have no idea that they tape or not. I'm not convinced that it's not. Uh,
1: I think, yeah, they do. Yeah. I, I think at least
2: a few shows. Okay. I just didn't know that because whenever I see Nosawa involved in something, I'm like, okay, that seems like it could be a grift.
1: But Nosawa booked surprisingly great matches is what I hate about
2: it. And, like, the thing that I hear about also is he, like, books, like, these crazy matches and he's totally okay with being the guy losing. He's not bringing people over to, like, beat them and make himself look good. He's like, this match sounds cool. Okay. I mean,
1: it's Nosawa. Look at him. Do you believe he
2: could beat up someone? Uh, I'm afraid... He's
1: basically held together by stitches and heroin.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I was gonna say I wouldn't want to say anything mean about him because he might have friends, but uh, that is a fair point. But yeah, like I'm hoping now that with Dragon Gate seems to be forming some sort of an agreement with uh, the Crash and Tijuana, even though mm-hmm. the Crash does not take does not screen the stuff that they air. And i s- I saw the uh, match that Shima had with- against Rey Mysterio and Penta and uh phoenix it was fun but like it's good that they're getting out there but like i mm. i just wish that it was more because sometimes it feels like it's people like us and then sometimes on the flagship who are just standing at the standing on the mountaintop screaming (laughs) Masaki but is one of the top 25 wrestlers of all time and no one's there to hear it
1: yeah I mean, just listen to... I I pulled it up. The history of Mochizuki holding the Tokyo World Heavyweight title, which is the Tokyo Gunatai title. Right. Is he defeated Masada for it. And then he defended it. He still holds it today. He defended it against Minoru Tanaka, Kataro Suzuki, Yuko Miyamoto, and Nosawa.
2: I'd be interested in that Kataro suzuki match, to be honest. Mm, mm Mm-mm-mm. But, yeah...
1: But yeah, it's um, Nosawa is like a crazy genius when it comes to that kind of thing, but if no one sees it... <laughs> no, 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 they, they they did make tape, but no one's going to seek out Tokyo Gurintai. That's the problem.
2: I mean, you might have convinced me to go seek them out. I mean, we'll see.
1: But yeah, no, I think Mochizuki is... Um, like I said, mostly by Dragon Gate's own fault. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who will never kind of get the... Recognition that he really deserves because this is the bubble, right? Yeah. In our bubble, we know that Mochizuki's is fucking great, mm-hmm. but your regular wrestling fan who maybe is not on Twitter and just kind of watches his Japanese wrestling and then goes on with his day might not even be aware of that kind of thing. So, so yeah.
2: No, I I I completely agree with you, and I think that it's a case that. Sometimes, actually, a lot of times, Gate should do better about this kind of thing. But we, who knows if they will, and that's the shame about it. Uh, one more thing I wanted to talk to you about this match because I noticed this on the Nico viewing, and I especially knew that noticed this today was there is a fan in the crowd who is my new favorite person to to like that catches my eye during these matches. Because she's, like, in the second row. She had, like, lighter brown hair and was wearing glasses. And she completely was all for KZ and, like, mm-hmm. was, like, was, like, clapping and chanting again, and was, like, freaking out, like, during, like, the, the Sansuku Gary and all those. It was, it was so great. And it really, it was one of the things that, like, added something to that match because I feel like that as fans, like, watching stuff on tape, you're a little bit divorced from the product, so like, like that's one of the reasons why I've always been so jealous of you talking about going to Cork and all things like this because you get the whole atmosphere, in that, and then I feel like it adds so much to the pro- to the matches and just being able to like know someone in the crowd get like so into a match like this added something to me to this match.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And um, one more thing that I did did want to say about the match itself is. A point that I, I did make on Twitter is I know that no selling is like a deal breaker for a lot of people. And I know that it's like a blood feud on Twitter between people who care not so much about selling and people who care way too much about selling. Sure. But Casey no selling, the motherfucking Sankaku Yeti had me screaming.
2: It was so badass.
1: Like that was, first of all, it was extremely badass. And second of all, it was so like it was that rising up moment that I really wanted from this match. Casey just being like, This is all you got.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like and it's the Sun Kakugeti, you know? It's a move that's put down a lot of people.
2: It's put and down nearly everyone. It's
1: nearly, it's nearly everyone. And Casey was not put down by it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that was a really powerful image.
2: Yeah. Uh, this match I feel like I'm comfortable to say right now this match is my Dragon Gate match of 2018 and it's going to be very hard for anything else to beat this Mm. hmm so I I could go on about this match to our our complete 3 hour time if we really did but before we move on talk about the post match stuff did you have anything else you wanted to add about this match
1: hmm nope I'm good I just feel like you did a really great review of it
2: oh thank you I did the uh, <laughs> I had and, the Nico version and I was fresh out watching it and I really wanted to write a lot about it
1: <laughs> no and it, it was great it was great and um, I think that it's a match that people need to experience for themselves and I don't, don't want to say too much about it because I feel like it's a match that relies a lot on emotion mm-hmm So if you haven't seen it, go watch it and don't like build your expectations on what I say or what Mike says or what other people who have seen it say, try to go in blind. Even if you know the results, try to go in having seen as little of it as possible, because I think it's extremely, it was an extremely rewarding match.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you on that.
1: It was very, it was a, um, um, not culmination. I'm trying to find words. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's it fine. Was the culmination of a journey, but it didn't feel like the end of it. If that makes any sense. It felt like,
2: like the end of a, end of a trilogy, like the end of part one or part two of a trilogy.
1: Yeah, basically.
2: Yeah, I totally get you there. And talking about like what might be part two or part three of the trilogy, after the match, KZ was left with. Mochizuki reminded him a- about fl- how flash pens are vital, and KZ kind of, kind k- kind of reflected on that. I was like, yeah, flash pens are vital. I know, as someone who does a lot of flash pens, and they talked a bit about their history in Dia Hearts, about how. KZ used to be a loudmouth flake that flukes his ways to the winds every now and again, but now he's gotten strong. He said once that flashmans are vital to know if you get the three count with one in a title match, you become the champion. Well, you could also remain champion if you get the three count with one. Mm-hmm. Whether KZ continues his ascension and stands next to the other manager's generation or whether he stays a little behind him won't be decided by, decide by the result of this match. The fans will decide. And then Mochizuki left with that. And that's the... Uh, Translation from I Heart DG, and after that, KZ made his claim. He announced that for him to become a leader and for him to become to be able to stand with the current generation, he had to get behind, get out of the shadow of a pair of people, and those people were Yamato and BB Hulk. And because of that, he left Tribe Vanguard, mm. which was a which was a very powerful moment, I think.
1: It was, it was, and it felt,
2: hmm,
1: it felt like, like, like you said, the end of not a story, but a chapter. Yeah. With Tribe is a, a unit that is going kind of nowhere fast. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted things to pick up for them when they won the, the Triangle Gate titles, but we know what happened to that. So I think Casey will be much better off building something off his own than playing second fiddle to Yamato and Hulk.
2: And it seems like that what's going to be built from that is that they set up a trios match for the March sixth show, the Kotoka retirement show, between him with between young Antios and him and Ginky Horiguchi and Susumu Yokosuka, who came out for the save because of course young Anti because Antios has been after K Z for a while. K Z said no. Uh Antios was starting to beat them down, but they saved him. So I think that's an interesting possible new unit there, to be honest. I love it. It's I've said for a while that Susumu is a perfect number two for a unit I thought it was going to be for Tri-Vanguard but if it's going to be for a unit with KZ I think that's great Genki is Ginky and KZ have like a nice kind of happy chemistry in a way they're both kind of happy guys so Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what goes where it goes to from that and hopefully BB Hulk can get over the heartbreak
1: oh poor guy
2: However, my, my favorite thing about this, and I don't know if you read this on iHeartDG, but when he left and TriVanguard was out there, Yamato said, Yamato was going to say the same thing he said when KZ left Mad Blanky. It was time to pay your bar tab.
1: <laughs> Yamato's life story, just paying everybody's bar tab.
2: I, I mean, when you sell He's that?
1: not having any of it anymore.
2: Hey, there's two, there's two sides of that coin. One, if you're in Yamato's unit, free drinks. Two, if you leave the unit, he's going to be mad at you because he paid for all your drinks. But yeah, that was the uh, February 7th Corican. I loved this show, even outside of the tag match I hated. <laughs> the rest of the show was a really fun, easy watch. you got to have a good... Rookies match, you guys see a great match with Foreigners. You, you got to see a little bit of a beef-off. And you, you had two great matches in the show, so I definitely would recommend this corkin Yep.
1: And that really, if you've been in any way, shape, or form following or invested in Dragon Gate for the past like three years, mm-hmm. you're going to want to see this show. You really... you to want to see this main event.
2: Yeah, you really should. And also it is worth, as I accidentally knock my windscreen, okay, we're good here uh, I also wanted to mention that one of my favorite things I've read over the last few years was something done by Milo about KZ's voyage, and after you watch the show it's really worth going back and reading that piece, I really love that piece, I think I think Milo's one of the best writers in wrestling on the internet and since you put me over earlier about my review, I felt like we needed to talk about how great that piece was
1: oh thank you so much I only write from the heart
2: and it's cool without getting because we're already kind of going a little bit later than I expected without going too much into it I enjoy having seeing wrestling not even criticism, thinking about wrestling that comes from other things than just criticism and I love storytelling so if you're someone who loves all of that seek out Milo's KZ piece at Voices of Wrestling
1: thank you (laughs) Oh.
2: <laughs> so uh we do have, before we get to go to the mailbag we have three shows coming up next week already wow and those are the champion gate cards that are march 3rd and march 4th from osaka ian arena 2 and the katoka road to final the ending on march 6th so that's three big shows in four days this is kind of the big this is kind of the biggest point in dragon gates year before before uh, Dead or Alive. So let's get into these shows. The first show has Shun Skywalker versus Ujishiba and the opener, DK and Kagatora versus Bandito and Zachary Wentz, which is something I'll be interested in seeing, you know? I haven't, mm. se- I haven't seen much of those two as a team outside of that trios match, so it'll be cool to see what happens there. Uh, <clears throat> we have Don Fuji versus Rio Saito. We have the uh, Katoka Road to Final in Osaka one with, with Shingo Takagi and El Lindeman versus Shima and Katoka. So that'll be the first of the two matches of that weekend for Katoka. Uh, Masaki Mochizuki and Gamma versus Bin, B- Big Ben of Benkei and Big R KZ, Susumu Yokosuka, and Ginki Horikuchi versus T-Hawk, Ada, and Takashi Yoshida. And then our two title matches for that night are the Open the Brave Gate Championship with Yazushi Kanda defending against Punch Tomonaga and the Open the Triangle Gate Championship with uh, the maximum team of Naruki Doi, Masato Yoshino, Jason Lee defending against Yamato, Fumita, and Yosuke Santa Maria. And uh, Milo, what do you think of this first card?
1: It's okay. I think the second day looks better.
2: Yeah i i have to say this card's not that strong not to be mean the title
1: Uh, match should be interesting i
2: I think a triangle match has the best chances of being great on this show yeah
1: i really want tribe to win Mm -hmm. but with flamita and the team i i'm not sure of the chances of that happening yeah but it's been two years give Maria another title before I have to come over here and make you do it.
2: Well, I mean, now she's the number three member of that unit, so she's got to get some belt sometime, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, think it'll be f- I think that, that KZ and Susumi Genki Horiguchi match, it'll be fun to see them as a team, seeing that that might be yes. something that's going on in the future, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I think it's going to be hype. Mm-hmm. The
2: Brave Gate, uh, well, if they have a brawl, a quick brawl. I think that would be okay. Mm. Like um it's yeah, I don't know what else to say about Punch Tanaka challenging Kanda to be honest. <laughs> but night 2 as you're saying looks like it can be a really really great show. Uh the dark match is UT versus Yuki Yoshioka. So uh, we get to see another one of the rookies on the show. Uh, the opener is Os- Osaka Zenroku versus Don Fuji and Kness. That's that's a, that's gonna be an interesting match there. Uh, number two is Yoshida versus Ishida. Number three is El Lindaman, Shingo Takagi, Yuzushi Kanda, Yamato uh, versus Yamato Ryo Saito, and Punch Tomonaga, <laughs> which is a weird trio. To be honest, that's mm. that's real weird. But uh, we have an eight-man for number four, which is maximum of Doi, Yoshino, Lee, and Shimizu going against uh, mostly Tri-Vanguard, but it's Yosuke, Santa Maria, Flamita, Bandito, and Zachary Once That could be really great, to be honest. Yes. I'm excited about that. The Katoka, road to final, and Osaka 2 match is... KZ and DK versus Katoka and Oji Shiba.
1: I'm really excited for this. This one. Ha- I'm really
2: excited for this. Oh, I think this could be so cool. Like, I think that's like I love <clears throat> they. They didn't team up a lot in and tr- Dia Hearts, but I love KZ and Dragon Kid kind of as a team, and then against the brother Shiba. Oh. this should be so good.
1: I'm um, yeah. And I don't think I I'm excited to to see OG live.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to know how he comes off.
2: Yeah, cuz this will easily this is a match that's easily going to go about 10 to 12 minutes, maybe 15. And it'll it's going to be the like the biggest match of his career. So, it'll be great to mm-hmm. see that and he gets a team of his big brother, which is I think really special.
1: Every single match that they've teamed mm-hmm. together on this tour has ended in like a torrent of tears both from them and from
2: me. It's such a so. it's such a sweet thing that they're letting them do this before he retires.
1: Mm-hmm. It really fucking killed me that I don't know if you saw that promo. I think it was last time they were in Edeon Arena or mm-hmm. maybe Hakka's Starlings. I can't remember. But Sheba Oji Shiba saying that he wants to become like his brother, and Katoka telling him to become more than that.
2: Yeah, I had saw me, that. Had me,
1: like, in my feelings. Had me in my fucking feelings.
2: That was from uh, Kobe Samba Hall, now I look at it.
1: <laughs> so it was neither here nor there, but, um, but yeah, that killed me.
2: I think that it, it's. I've not seen a lot of Oji. What I've seen of him, but he looks really good. Like
1: he's in yeah, he, yeah, his body's already amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's like a
1: little, he looks a lot better than Yoshioga.
2: Yeah, and he's a bit bigger than both of those guys too. Mm-mm. So I think he's. I, I'm pretty sure he's taller than Kotoka. I think he is too. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So. And, and then after that, we have the two big title matches. First, we have T and E defending against Susumu and Ginky, which I have pretty high hopes for this match. Me too. I think that if, I, I think that T and E, when they're just teaming together and outside of the whole Antios thing, have always been good, and I yes. like the Susumu and Ginky team a whole lot.
1: Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I think T and E are on any given day one of the best tag teams in Dragon Gate. Oh, easily. So I'm really, really happy that they get to be in this position again. Mm-hmm. And they have great chemistry with both those guys.
2: Oh, completely agree.
1: I mean, Ata. We know Ata and Susumu bring out the best of each other. We've known that for for a while now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Susumu who was kind of responsible for Ata pulling his fingers out of his ass. Right. So, I'm really excited to see what kind of match they put on here.
2: Me too. Me too. And then you have Genki in the match, and he's able to get emotion out of any crowd. That so, is true.
1: Everybody loves Genki.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I, 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 I glossed over this when we were talking about Night 1, because I think we both know what's going to happen with that Brave Gate match. But this Twin Gate match, do you think it's going to be T&E or Susumu and Genki?
1: I hope it's gonna be TNE, but I would not be surprised if Susumu and Genki took it.